I'm joined now by Howard Gleischer from Aristotle Capital Management, who has been responsible for managing our North American portfolios since late 2011. Thank you for taking the time to be with us today from Los Angeles. Howard, you'll be a new name to many of our clients, but you have a long and successful track record of investing. Could you help us understand a bit about your background? Hello, Chris. It's my pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. I have had a 27-year history in investing beginning back in 1985 when I joined what what was at that time a small firm called Pacific Investment Management Company, PIMCO. I stayed with them for approximately three years, realizing then at that time that they were going to be too successful in fixed income for an equity manager such as myself to get noticed. So for the past period of time, I have been investing in equities. Most recently, beginning in in 1997, we founded Metropolitan West Capital Management. And since that time, have been successfully growing that firm to the point where in late 2010, we had nearly $17 billion in, in assets under management. We left the firm in late 2010 and rolled out Aristotle Capital Management, most recently merging it with Reed, Connor, and Birdwell, uh, a firm with a very long history of successful investing in Los Angeles. We changed the name of the firm to Aristotle Capital Management, which is what we're going by today. You took over the North American funds in 2011. Could you briefly elaborate on your investment style and the key changes that you've made to the portfolio since taking it over? There are four basic elements to to what we, we do. The first is looking for quality businesses. The second is looking around the world and taking a global approach. Even though we only invest in U.S. companies, we want to understand the competitive environment around the world and how that may impact the companies that we invest in. Third is we take a long-term approach looking for at least a three- to five-year time horizon in our investments and therefore have a very low turnover ratio. And finally, we're, we're pretty focused in, in what we do and, and have typically less than 40 investments in the portfolio at any given point in time. There are then three elements to our portfolio construction process. The important thing to remember about what differentiates us, however, and it was a little different perhaps than than what your clients may have been used to, is our approach does not begin nor end with value. Value, it's an important component, but what we start with is these great businesses around the world. We then look to invest in those whose stock prices do not reflect what we believe are the long-term characteristics of the company. And finally, there needs to be some catalyst, something going on to make the world or the company or the industry different so that the past is not reflective of what we we believe about the future. So, so Howard, um, and sorry to interrupt you, I know in the last quarter that you've bought uh, holdings in Kraft Foods and and Home Depot, for example. Perhaps perhaps you could take the latter of those as an example. What what specific attractions? did you identify and and why was this the right time to buy the shares? Absolutely. Home Depot is one of those companies that had led its industry for a very long period of time and then went out of their way about 10 years ago with the taking over of the company by Mr. Nardelli. They diversified into areas which did not increase the value of the businesses. Then, most recently, a few years ago, uh, Frank Blake took over the the company as CEO and changed the company to get itself back to its roots, its roots of, of selling items to both contractors and individuals in the home repair and home remodeling area. 
the company has dramatically improved its market position, it's dramatically improved its systems, and it has operating margins that we believe will substantially exceed what they had in the past. 16%, for instance, operating margins is what we think that they can achieve over time, whereas prior peaks have been more like 12%. Let's move on to the the macro perspective, because I know a lot of investors and and clients in the UK will have been very focused on Greece and the other Eurozone nations. What are the key issues that US investors are are currently focused on? Well, that is a very important differentiating factor of, of what we do, in that we do not overly concern ourselves with issues that, number one, we believe we can't control. Number two, we believe we can't have any particular better insight than others on. And number three, many of those factors, while important, do not impact the profitability or success of many of the businesses that we're invested in. Greece, while important, is a very small part of the Eurozone. There are very few large global companies headquartered in Greece, and therefore they don't typically compete with companies in the United States. Home Depot is a great example. And so we try to focus on on things that we think we have an edge on and things that we think we can control. Now, given that, we do look very long-term at the world. And if we believe that there is something so awry that we are headed into a very long-term dislocation in financial markets or, or very, very anemic returns that would last over a cycle, we will then take action. We do not believe that the case at this point. That's helpful. But we hear about the fiscal cliff in the, uh, in the United States. Is that something that is preoccupying the management of companies in which you're investing? It's a great example because the, the fiscal cliff... Um, there is there is no one who does not believe that the United States will fulfill its obligations to the world. And therefore, it's a matter of politics. And politics are short-term in nature and uh, getting into that because there is a political season not only here but in many places around around the world. We, we're a very big believer, especially for, for the United States and for U.S. companies, in the principles of checks and balances. As long as we believe that... The government is not overly controlling or business is not overly controlling or labor is not overly controlling. We believe that U.S. businesses, good ones, will find their ways to prosper and to enhance shareholder value over long periods of time. So finally, Howard, if I may, um, clearly we've got the U.S. elections coming up very shortly. Do you see the elections as a specific opportunity or will will businesses treat it as business as usual? Yeah, that, that's quite fascinating also. Believe it or not, when we think about politics in the U.S., we actually go back one or two presidents. We believe it takes that long for policies – if they're implemented and if they're truly game-changing, to take effect. As an example, in uh, President Barack Obama's uh, first term, he passed the Affordable Care Act. A lot of people call it Obamacare. I'm not going to comment on whether I agree or disagree with that. But I'll say that this was passed more than two years ago and has not even begun to be implemented in a meaningful way. If that continues to be the policies of the U.S., we will have a decade, 
to figure out whether this is a good policy or not and how to properly take advantage of it and how can businesses that we invest in, and we do invest in healthcare companies including Abbott Labs and Baxter and Hospira and Covidian, and we are carefully evaluating and have years to understand the impact of of these policies in, in the future. We don't try to predict future policies because we never know what can be passed, but we do tend to think that the impact of a president is typically not felt, even two-term presidents, typically are not truly realized and felt until after they're out of office. And we take that long-term approach always. So all in all, you still think it's a good time to be investing in North American markets? Over the long term, we are very, very sanguine on the on the U.S. markets. The U.S. population is somewhat unique in the world in that it grows about 1% a year due to both uh, birth rates and immigration. Productivity remains at very high levels. The U.S. population is relatively flexible in terms of its ability to change locations or change uh, jobs and and is, is very, very motivated to, to get ahead and to make life better for their families. Regulations, while everyone complains about them, are ones that can be dealt with. And in general, GDP in the U.S. over very long periods of time on a real basis can grow, let's say, 2 to 3%. On a nominal basis, let's say, it can grow 4 to 5%. If you add productivity above that, corporate profits can then grow 6 to 7%. And if we do our job, then portfolios can grow 8 to 9%. If you compound that over very long periods of time, of course, that's not a guarantee. But if you compound that over very long periods of time, I think our clients are going to be very, very satisfied. Howard Gleischer, thank you very much for your time. My pleasure. Any views and opinions expressed are solely those of the individuals and are subject to change. Where individual securities are mentioned, they do not necessarily represent a specific portfolio holding and do not constitute a recommendation to purchase or sell. Please be aware that past performance is not indicative of future performance. The value of an investment may fall as well as rise, and you may get back less than you invested. Returns on equities cannot be guaranteed. Equities do not provide the security of capital characteristic of a deposit with a bank or building society.